Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cross Council Podcast. I'm your host, John Crevillian. And just a quick announcement. This is part two of a conversation that happened, uh, that started last week, rather. So if it felt like we ended it a little abruptly last week, yep, here's the rest of it. (laughs) So hope you guys enjoy. And uh, yeah, let's jump on in. But when you can say it and your heart knows it and you feel the peace in it, I would say that's one one way that you can be of good cheer is is to have the peace and the resolve that you know who he is and that he's going to be good in this. Right on, right on. What about you, Steve? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. I just wanted to back up a second. One of the things you said, Mary, was like God interrupts things. And I totally believe that. I also believe that God allows things to be interrupted. It's not necessarily him causing some bad things to happen. I just want to bring clarity to that part. Yeah, because I thought the same thing when I said it. (laughs) We need to clarify this. (laughs) <laughs> so hopefully nobody turned this off because they were so outraged that Mary would say something. So no, I'm kidding. But be, uh, being of good cheer, I think it's the idea of being at least pointed in the right direction to at least lift our head up, right? So the Psalms mm-hmm. talk about that a lot, like lifting mm-hmm. our head up to be of good cheer, even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of the grief or the pain or the sorrow or the loss uh, or whatever that is, the regrets, like to be pointed toward him. And to be to find some sense of gratefulness, like I still mm-hmm. have, I still have air in my lungs. Okay, Lord, you have given me the gift of this mm-hmm. life, and you have chosen me. There's so much to like being grafted in. Mm-hmm. Part of the royal priesthood, we're part of a holy nation, right? We we've, mm-hmm. we've been adopted as sons and daughters to the creator of the universe. Amazing. So that yeah, that be a good cheer. So the gratefulness that can carry us as well. Uh, I think that's that's really important to to have that kind of an attitude. And when so when my friend passed, Jenny and I were away and we were at dinner and we just at one point I just it was that day that I found out and and I knew I was reaching, but I just I, I had to be of good cheer and I had to turn it at least in the moment to raising a glass. And us just saying thank you for the the gift of being friends with this guy for over thirty years. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible ride. The relationship that we had, I think most people would en- envy that kind of closeness, tightness, the brotherhood that we had. Yeah, it was amazing. So I I, I didn't do that to do something fake or Pollyanna, like I said before. But at mm-hmm. least okay, I need to recalibrate a little bit as well. That didn't solve all my pain. That would, that wouldn't be genuine or authentic. But mm-hmm. it at least turned my head a little bit. What a blessing that I had being in relationship with this person for such a long time. I love that. I love that looking up mm-hmm. and lifting our head. You know, mm-hmm. and we had to do that a lot over those four days last mm-hmm. week because there are times when things look really bad. And so what you hear in your head is, is stuff that you could very easily grab onto and let it pull you down. But what I've, what I found is that over our life, you know, since we've learned how to 
use this transformational prayer or come to God and, and submit to his dealings in our life. And we've learned that when we believe lies, that there is a truth that can come and remove that and bring peace. So as we've done that, we've learned how to recognize lies, mm-hmm. right? How to recognize lies. So it really helped us last week when we were in the hospital, because when things started looking really bad, like I said, you start thinking things like, man, this could this could be really bad. You're just going to have more suffering. This isn't going to work out for you. What, whatever those thoughts were, you know, God isn't here. It's like we know the enemy is the liar, right? We know he's the father of lies. So when we hear things, even if we're just doing like a cognitive exercise, okay, that stuff that you're, you're thinking is that what God says? No, it's not. So who is that coming from? The enemy. So we're not going to latch on to those things. <laughs> Instead, we're going to lift our head and we're going to look toward what does God say? All the things he's proved to us about himself. What does he say? Those are the things we know to be true. And we hang on to those things. And that really did help a lot because, um, you know, hospitals tend to be depressing places anyway, <laughs> right. right? They they just do. Unfortunately, there's people that are hurting and sick and dying there. So we we chose to to lift our heads and look to the Lord. And it wasn't it was difficult at times, but it was way easier, I think, this time than it would have been five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm before I've let God resolve some of those deep doubts that I had about him. I love how you, I love how you punch the, we chose because that kind of choose, we choose consciously and subconsciously. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not aware of those subconscious or yeah, unconscious, however you want to put that uh, choices, but making that conscious choice and being aware that, wow, how many unconscious or subconscious choices have I made in light of the pain that I'm going through? It doesn't have to be, I've just lost a dear friend or spouse or child or parent, but how many, how many decisions do we make to, to play it safe? I was asked, well, I, I was asked mm. by him actually to speak at his memorial service. Mm. And and so what's, what's the easy response? No, I'll, I'll let somebody else do that to go in the background. Mm. Cause I don't like being the guy in front. I really don't, mm. even though I, I do it more than most people. Yeah, playing it safe feels good in the moment, moment, but mm-hmm. it'll come back to haunt you. Yeah, and so remaining isolated, going into your little cave, whatever, or, or only caring about people. Like you can make this choice: I'm never going to uh, love again. Right? The, the Princess Bride thing came yeah. through. I'll never love again. Like that's <laughs> right. well, that is just a right out there belief. I'm. Ne- my heart hurts so much. I shall never love again. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a lie that that's going to solve the pain. It's not, it's, that's another defense mechanism that will ultimately fail. So yeah. Mm -hmm. When when people, they they choose to not try very hard. Well, if you don't try very hard and you fail, well, okay, well, you know, I I didn't try very hard, so it really isn't failure, but there's, Mm. there's so many drawbacks with that. And I think also when we continue to bury our grief and not face things, 
I think that what also happens is there's no space in our heart to fully experience joy. Mm-hmm. I think those things work hand in hand more than we more than we know. People might be listening and, and like, yeah, I don't really experience a whole lot of joy in my life. Hmm. Well, well, maybe possibly there are places in your heart that you've buried so deeply that you've mm-hmm. you've got more bitterness or resentment or pain or grief or regret in your life that that's taking up space where the Lord wants to bring his joy to as well. And and mm-hmm. so he wants to he wants to get at that stuff. He wants to dig space in your heart to get rid of that stuff, but also create those places where you can go to the other end of the spectrum, maybe is an okay way to say it, where you can experience more of that love and joy and peace in your heart. Mm-hmm. That's Does that make good. sense? I love yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, because I don't think, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm not sure that's something that we've understood. Mm-hmm. Right. That when your heart's full of one thing that's negative, it's hard for the 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 light to really shine very bright. Mm-hmm. So it's one reason to let him deal with all of the things that are in there that that we have that we've stuffed down thinking we're being strong and we're doing the right thing and we're pleasing him because we're not letting that thing control us and we're not thinking about it. But but we're really just shoving that back down into our heart, packing it into another closet there, you know, and life has a lot of trials, you know, you don't want your heart to get filled up by the time you reach the end of your life, filled up with all the stuff you've, you've pressed down and not let him into. Yeah, what you're talking about there is vulnerability. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which can scare the life out of us sometimes. It can be terrifying to be vulnerable, but also in that vulnerability is also the opportunity for real, like deep satisfaction in your relationship mm-hmm. with, with the Lord and with others. Mm-hmm. And, and as I was, I was asked to, you know, say a few words uh, <laughs> at the memorial service. I actually opened it up um, right just half hour before I was to go up there. I was asked to read a psalm for my friend, and I just thought, okay, somebody just random, you know, oh, maybe another pastor said, here's a good psalm to read at a funeral. So that's kind of how I had approached it. And then a half hour before I'm supposed to stand in front of, I don't know, four or five, 600 people, I was told that that was the passage that was open in his Bible when they found it. Mm -hmm. They found his Bible, and it was like, that's the psalm, He that's the last psalm he read. That's why. And so <laughs> thanks for telling me. So my first reaction was, I didn't want to know that. Yeah. But then I tried to be conscious about that and say, okay, I'm so glad I know that. That stings, that hurts. And mm-hmm. that's the only time I really choked up, as I shared, was when I explained that to the people gathered there, that that's, that's what had happened. And that's why I was reading the Psalm that I was reading. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wes, you know, for all those listeners that don't know, was married for 38 years and his wife passed away. And he has such a good testimony about that, about the, as he would walk in the mornings, which he is his habit to walk miles in the mornings, he would talk to the Lord and, and God resolved so many things in his heart during that grief period as he did that. But one of one of the things that he learned that he 
he, when he mentors people who are going through grief, he tells them, you've got to stay in the pain long enough for God to meet you in it, for you to see what's happening, know what, why you're feeling it, and let God speak into it. You have to stay in the pain. And that, that vulnerability and that courage that it takes to do that, boy, you know, because pain, pain over people that you deeply love for a long time can go so deep. But yet the way to get the way to freedom is to invite God into it and to not be afraid to feel it. Wow. That's just a, takes a lot of courage, you know, and, and I don't know that we're counseled a lot to do that uh, because most people don't know what to do with it. You know, how big is it and where's it going to go? And am I going to be just left debilitated if I do that? But no, God's the healer of the brokenhearted, and he will do it. I was working with somebody just recently, and, and they had lost a dear person in their life. Again, as we say, right, in our economy, too early. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just haunted them for a long time and uh, just didn't know where to go with that. And so we go through the melt process, right? You've got Mm -hmm. the emotion feeling that Mm -hmm. drops into a memory that actually was concerning this person. And it was around death. Honestly, in this memory, it was about somebody else. And just this, this fear from this little kid's perspective of what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And, and uh, this person explaining to the child, an okay perspective, if you're an adult, but as a, as a child, it's so easy to misinterpret things. And things got twisted and tangled inside of this kid's heart mm. and just made this vow. And in the midst of the confusion, didn't know where to go with that and just buried that deep inside. And mm. so we went into that memory and and just kind of walked through it. And the person I was ministering to was really angry at, at mm. this this other person from a kid's perspective, like now that this person is, is a parent, uh, they understand, okay, it's, you can't always explain everything to every, you know, in every circumstance to every Mm -hmm. child in deep length. But so there was this grace and understanding because Jesus said, unearth this thing in this person's heart and brought truth and love and felt this, uh, unimaginable peace. And then the, Mm -hmm. the anger just melted away. Oh, I understand. I get it. And then visited another memory that, that was associated that had nothing to do with the person who had died because there was some other death thing as a kid with mm-hmm. uh, uh, with a sickness of somebody uh, in his circle. And that one didn't, didn't even have to ask Jesus to do anything there because what was resolved in the earlier memory got resolved in that place as well, mm-hmm. which is what, what can happen so often in what we do mm-hmm. because it's about what we believe, not what's happened to us. It's about what we're still carrying from those misinterpretations in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so powerful that that understanding, Steve, that that we do misinterpret things in life. And then later in life, they're exhibiting in our current situation in all kinds of negative emotions. And we don't even think about that it might be t- tied to that, right? Because we think, well, that's all back there. You know, that happened a long time ago. That doesn't bother me anymore. I don't even think about that. Right. But totally. we actually are thinking about it 
we actually are in a in some sense re-experiencing it when those negative emotions come forward in our current life. So to have that understanding, gosh, it's just we should be preaching this from the rooftops, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much suffering in the world and and there is a way out, not out of the situation necessarily, but a way to have peace from the getting the Lord's perspective in in those circumstances. So, you know, but I, I just as you were talking, I was thinking, I'm not sure I've ever been in a church that ever would say what you just said, mm. <laughs> that it isn't something people are taught to do. They're not taught to feel that emotion and see where it's coming from. They're always counseled about the current situation as if that current situation can be resolved by whatever well-meaning advice, counseling, or scripture that you're given. It can comfort us in the moment, but it will not resolve it. So we're just left going around the mountain over and over and over, (laughs) you know? Gosh, that's such a familiar feeling for most believers. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> right. And start letting God heal our hearts so that we we truly do think the way he thinks or see from his perspective, at least as it relates to our own life and what has happened, so that we can have peace. Peace really feels good. And it saddens, I know it saddens all of us talking about this, how much pain there is that that could be resolved, that people don't have to continue in. So that's why we're here. That's right. Yeah. And a few people commented, just as an example, it was, just, it was actually amazing the peace that I had for over a week knowing that I was going to stand up in front of all of the, all of these people. It was, it was one of those times where the peace was really not explainable. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt weird about having this peace. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I kept on checking my heart. Is this me numbing out? Mm-hmm. I know what numbing out is. It was just like, this is what I was asked to do. This is what's supposed to happen. Not that I thought it was going to be easy. And there were, there, there were a lot of bumps along the road of um, what I was going to say, but mm-hmm. in that, when I when I did get up there and I was able to kind of display some sort of semblance of uh, strength and security and stability and hopefully the the um, the character of Jesus to some extent, it really is a testimony to other people. That's that's that was the point of the whole service was we wanted to point people to Jesus, and yeah. so I hope I hope I did my part to bring glory ultimately to Jesus by displaying uh, a little bit of courage in that because mm-hmm. it was rough. But I, th- I think we, we so often miss as well, sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We, we just don't think very well about that. We don't think often enough about that. Um, yeah. But it is a fallen world and there's heartache and we're not trying to dance around that at all. Because what we don't want is just just because we've been tested, just because we've gone through things, like you were saying, going around the mountain again, just because we go through those things doesn't mean that we mature, doesn't mean that we grow. Mm-hmm. We can become bitter and look strong. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's not necessarily the case that we are really maturing in our faith. 
maturing in our walk, that more of us is extracted and more of Jesus is being displayed. Yeah. I love it. And I think like, I'm sorry, go ahead. What was that? No, I was going to say, is that good for now? But go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I've definitely been there. And a lot of people that I know have been in that place of like, all right, cool. You've been through something rough. But I love how you put that, Steve. Like, but are you actually learning anything from it? Are you actually gaining what Christ is trying to give you through that time? Or are you just feeling whatever bitterness, resentment, et cetera, that as a byproduct and not what God is trying to teach you or what God is trying to give you? And that is so important. And I was talking with a friend of mine actually recently about like when I was going through a lot of rough stuff all at once, little things all at once that kind of exploded that left me in a really bad state. I was talking about that time with him and he was like, how did you get out of that? And I was like, well, I didn't at first because I was doing it exactly wrong. The situation was well and over, but I still was carrying a lot of these wounds because what I did was the exact opposite of what I should have, should have been doing. I should have been going to God first. I should have been being vulnerable and opening up and being honest with my brothers and sisters in Christ and being like, life sucks right now and I hate everything, but I really need <laughs> prayer. <laughs> like, Cause I don't, I don't have the strength to do this on my own, but instead I isolated really hard and I refused to, or well, I didn't even learn what I was supposed to learn during that time for a long time. And God was gracious and he was patient and he brought me through to the other side of that. But just talking to this young guy and being like, yeah, I got through that by not doing or by changing up my strategy, which wasn't working or by asking the people around me to like be praying for me to help me through this time. And God was absolutely faithful to be like, now he gets it. Uh, then he started bringing a lot of that healing to me and he has been absolutely faithful to see the end of that. So yeah, be on the lookout. You know, like I told this young guy, like be on the lookout for what God is trying to teach you in that time of pain and know that he's not going to, it doesn't exist for no reason. Like everything God can use for his good and he will use all things for his good. So, yeah. He can turn things around. That's, that's who he is. What you meant for evil, God will mean for good. That sort yeah. of stuff, you know? Oh, like, yeah. He's Joseph awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph that, said that. Joseph said that. said that to his brothers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. you meant for evil, God turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like uh, how you even touched on community. Yeah. I think community yeah. in the body of Christ can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be something that enables people to not mm-hmm. face their pain. And so to get that in in, in, in people's minds, just to kind of have that rattle around, the, uh, the, com- the community that we have in the body of Christ is not the end. No. It's a means to the end. That's how I see it. I see the mm-hmm. community as a place of healing for sure, but as a way, an avenue for people to find the truth, the healing from Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And I, I see that in other things too, where I think we've made something the end when it's not the end. I think mm-hmm. the end is our maturity in Christ so that mm-hmm. we can be 
maybe some people don't like this term, but like useful vessels in the kingdom. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I and some people get caught up in like worship is beautiful. My wife is a worship leader, but some people think worship is the end. Like, oh, just to be in the presence of God, just to worship. No, it's a means to an end. It's a way to facilitate that connection with the Lord, not just to sit in that connection but that you may be transformed. And I'm not saying that you can't be transformed by worship. That's not what I'm saying. But right. there, there are many, many places that are just like, oh, you just have to soak in the presence, soak in the presence. Yes, fine, great. But that's not the end. Mm-hmm. It's it's great, but. Mm-hmm. Well, and I told uh, this young guy I was talking to, like, because of this experience, like you said about being useful vessels, like I can pretty uniquely help people who are going through a time of depression, like that level of severe or a level of like rage and anger against God and like, are just kind of like spitting out vitriol and like profanities. And I can still be the love of Christ to that person because I've been there, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I also told him like, you know, the thing about it is there will always, 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 as long as you breathe on this earth, there will be hardships However, the longer you walk with Christ, the more you see him working in your life, the, I don't want to say easier it is, but the more you will become, you will find that peace. You will take cheer, but you will find more peace in Christ as he continues to bring you through things. And you can look back on your own memory and be like, I could say God is unfaithful now, but that wouldn't be consistent with A, B, C, D, E from my life. So, so take comfort in that. He's, he does not change. He is the same. Yeah. And I liked what you said, Steve, about there, it's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever we go through or whatever we experience, ultimately we have to go back to what, what's our purpose here. And that's to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others also. So mm-hmm. is whatever experience that we're experiencing is it bringing us more to be able to genuinely do those things for sure i mean that fits right into what i was going to say everybody knows uh, that the love chapter is first corinthians 13 right and, and paul goes mm-hmm. through this whole litany of things mm-hmm. and i've always looked at uh verse 11 in chapter 13 as him just kind of now just kind of taking a breather and Fill in, fill in these these gaps. He says in eleven, I was when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put put the ways of childhood behind me. And I, you know, I've just, um, yeah, of course, right, you're a man. But I, I, I think it's actually the big punchline in this. It's like what I've just said is what it means to mature, to put those childish things away from me. It, and, and I think part of that is being really conscious and intentional about targeting those things in your life that don't reflect the love of the heart of Jesus. And so the more that we um, look at those things that are hindering um, genuine love and us uh, voluntarily confronting those things with courage mm-hmm. and having those things extracted from our being, mm-hmm. the more useful vessels will be. Yeah. Amen. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place, and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by His truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.